Good evening, Steve. Welcome. Good evening. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to Gigs and Ghosts, episode five. You are here. You are live from Newcastle. The first time we have had somebody not in the studio with me. That's excellent. Yes. Yeah. So, Steve, how this works out is we talk about gigs, your life in music, then we're going to talk about the real shit, the good shit, the ghosts. Well, we like gigs and we like ghosts, so it's the perfect match. So, Steve, let's start at the beginning. How did one get involved in the world of music? Oh, right. Well, I don't know what happened with you, because we've had very similar sort of ways to do this, haven't we? You know what I mean? We have, man, we have. We've progressed in, in several ways, but I kind of fell into it at first. I don't know if you planned to always do this. Nope, exactly the same fell into it. I was going to yeah. be an actor, dude. Yeah. yeah. I was doing a drug, I was doing a degree. I was going to be a teacher. Were you going to be a fucking teacher? No way. Yeah. What were you going to teach? One day, I just, one day, ge- geography. Yeah. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> early to, late 90s, early 2000s, and then one day I just went, fuck this. I just really don't want to do this. Yeah, fair, fair. So, I um, took a job through a friend at uh, Trillions. You know Trillions? I do. I think it was was Trillions the first time I ever met you, actually. Yeah, because, Christ, we must have known each other. I was trying to wait us out the other day. It's got to be over 15 years. Oh, easy, easy. It was near 20. I remember um, it was, uh, I was on tour with Random Hand doing their merch because I'd just been dumped and I was suffering from heartbreak. (laughs) So, Tilston was like, come out on tour with us. So, and he took my phone off me and going, you just sell merch and get drunk. And as you know, from that first meeting, I got drunk. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's, the, that's a good friend, isn't it? You know, looking after you, take you out. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah it's kind of like, I, I was kind of like, ended up working there just on the bar and that, but I was already doing like DIY sort of gigs and stuff. <laughs> and then, Early 2000s, the guy who ran the place had a really bad motorcycle accident. Like, he wasn't killed or anything, he's all right. But he just couldn't work for a long time, so I ended up taking the diary off them. And then, basically, I've done it for like 24, nearly 25 years now. Yeah, I think uh, I started in 99 in a band. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, so here we are, look at us, man, look at us. Still standing. Still <laughs> I'll say it yeah, still standing, still acting like kids, still watching great gigs and still having a beer. <laughs> and still enjoying ghosts. Still enjoying ghosts. Do you remember exactly. like the first gigs that you booked? First couple I remember booking were like really sort of shitty, sort of just like, you know, when you're just trying to sort of get out there, local band ones, like nothing good. Yeah. The first... Once I remember getting excited about and getting involved in is when I was still just working at that bar because obviously eventually I ended up running it, didn't I? Yeah, but, yeah. But when I was first working there, the promoter got offered, the guy who ran it, sorry, got offered Safe Ferris. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I remember we booked that and we did that show, but it was that was about 2000, it was 2001, I know exactly, because the night they played was the night after 9 11. Holy shit, we were talking about this. really weird. Yeah, we were talking about this just on the last podcast, like 9-11, I was working at Joseph's Well in Leeds at the time. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone was just coming down from the offices and staring at the screens. Well, it was weird though, because on the the night of the gig, when the gig finished, 
they were like coming up for the encore and it came on the screens behind them on the news and I thought, oh shit. Turn it off. It was a great gig. I just remember that was like the first reasonably sized one that I was excited about and I remember some guy broke his leg, but, you know. Sign of a good fucking gig, man. That wasn't my problem then, though, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And then after Trillions, you moved on to Think Tank, right? Well, it's weird because I was at Trillions for... Four hundred years. Thirteen years. Yeah, a long time. I was manager and booker for a good eight or nine years. Yeah, and I always joke that we had very similar things where we'd end up when you had the other parish, not not the bigger one you've got now. Yeah, we'd end up with bands which were way too big for what we were booking. That's what Somehow we do. We talk, we talk ourselves into these gigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we ended up, um, I ended up booking Exodus at Trillions. Holy shit, but how nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, they turned up on this bus, which we couldn't actually park. And at the time, they had two of the Slayer lineup playing in them. Like, Madness. they had Paul Bostaff and um, Gary Holt. And I just remember them walking in. I thought, they're ever going to walk straight back out. Oh, they're going to be cool. Because you, <laughs> you know yourself, back when we used to have to fight for these gigs. Yeah. And you just have to sort of like gift of the garb and make everybody feel cool and say, you know, it is what it is. Let's get on with it, you know? And most times you find that bands are wicked and they're yeah, cool they with it and love it. And then every so often you get someone like Doyle or an indie band and they're a bit of a dick. Well, that's another thing that makes me laugh is obviously now on the circuits, we often sort of will give each other a heads up. If, if I've had them the night before, you've had them the night before, we message each other and go, by the way, the tour manager's not so long. Yeah. I sometimes think that uh, bands and tour managers don't realise that promoters know each other and we do talk. <laughs> well, that's it. We all talk to each other. But yeah. you're right, though. Nine times out of ten, they're kind of like, it is what it is, and they end up having a great night, you know? Yeah. But when I look back at it now, though, and you think some of the stuff, and you're the same, like, when you had, like, the smaller space, some of the stuff that we managed to sort of get booked in and it's like, what? How the fuck did we do that? But Yeah, um, yeah. It's been like, <laughs> when you came down for the Bronx, they, uh, yeah, and I'm just like, saying, man. yeah, they, they did it twice. They were just like, holy shit. Yeah, but like, like you say, like when you booked Exodus, it's that sort of thing where you just, you're looking at your emails going, how's this happened? Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like, it's, it, it, it's back open now, obviously trillions, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, it's doing well. Uh, Hilly, who used to do the sound there and Barbara, you know, Jamie, Where's Jamie? Jamie yeah, 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 yeah. It's Jamie's mum's got it with Hilly and they're doing a great job. You know what I mean? It's open and, it, you know, shout out the Trillions, they're doing well. So That's cool. And it? It's good. But I left there because the big company that owned it kind of just went pop overnight. They were part of like one of these sort of pub groups. Yeah. And we got a call on, funny enough, on Halloween to say everybody had to jump on a phone call and literally on the phone, they just closed all of the venues. That's nice. That's nice, isn't it? The same day I was meant to be best man at a wedding, so that was a good day. Oh, that's good timing. So your speech speech is just like really angry and... uh, It's not going to last. It was to one of the assistant managers at the pub at the time. Yeah. So we managed to keep it from him, told all the staff... And then at the wedding, he thought all the staff were really emotional and crying, crying at his wedding. And he's like, what's going on? He's <laughs> not realising that uh, they lost the fucking job. So yeah. they didn't tell him until the next day. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it was kind of like, just keep it from him, you know, for yeah. his day. And this wedding's like trillions. It's not going to last. <laughs> That's <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> But it's funny because 
I was literally unemployed for like two or three weeks. Yep. And then I got offered Think Tank. And obviously from Think Tank, it's snowballed into, we've got Riverside and loads of festival stuff and that. So. Yeah, I mean, I love Riverside. I don't Riverside, uh, Think Tank. I haven't been to Riverside yet, but Think Tank blew me away when we were up there with Jaya. It was like such a good do. It's just fun. You know what I mean? It's kind of like exactly if I was going to a gig when I was a younger man, mm-hmm. it's exactly the sort of thing I'd want to go to. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, Newcastle is it's a good party town. It reminds it, you guys and Glasgow are those yeah. two cities where you go, oh, we're playing Newcastle, playing Glasgow. People up there are scary. And you get up there, you go, nobody's scary. Everyone's just fucking great and up for it. Was- the Newcastle punks and all that are just the nicest people, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the yeah. metal scene's healthy as well. But for us, it's good because we do all sorts of music, you know what I mean? Like, sort of, the problem when I had Trillions, you were kind of like, rock and all metal with a bit of ska. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. With, with what we do now, we can have folk one night and hip-hop the next and then some punk, you know what I mean? It's How a venue should be, really. You know, it's a, it's a better way, man, because, you know, we get people, you'll see at a big metal gig and then you'll see them at a folk gig a, a week later and just like going, yeah. you know, people, it, it's that thing that people think about punks and metals that they only like punk and metal and yeah. that's not true at all, you know. Yeah, the thing is what I've found, especially in the last couple of generations, which makes me sound like a really old man, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? The last few lots of if people who've come through, they like a bit of everything. Yeah. The problem, like, you have the old school who are just the rockers. Do you know what I mean? I like, do know those people. nowadays wants to listen to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it the, makes the, it a lot easier. the gatekeepers are still out there, you know. They're fucking idiots is what they are. Yeah. Like, when they all got annoyed about Stranger Things and Metallica, it's like... Yeah! Yeah, it's just like... A, Metallica uh, haven't been good for 30 years, man. Calm uh, down. The, the, at least... At least, man, you know, uh, you know, I've uh, never been the biggest Metallica fan, but yeah, seeing these people, it's like when the ones start, we see them on social media complaining about, oh, somebody's bought a Slayer top from Primark. You know, going, yeah. you do realize that Slayer has to license their merch. Yeah. They're not just selling it. So Slayer are letting that happen. So go fuck yourself. Is yours from Primark or is yours legit? <laughs> yeah. And they've, they've got some sort of, hanging off them. It's washed so much grey with moth holes in shirt yeah. that doesn't fit them from the 86 tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make them any more of a It really doesn't, you know, and more than likely they're a knobhead. But Steve, yeah, did, did you know you're the only guest I've had so far who's actually had a WWE contract? It's true. That is true. That was cool. I do think it's Tell me the story. I know the story, but tell um, the story. It's a great story. So it's, it's it's just a ridiculous story. So it's when I was running um, Trillions, and they called looking for somebody to play. So we're talking late 90s, so they're looking for somebody to compare the meet and greet, play generic sort of new metal sort of vibes. You know you know exactly the montage wrestling videos. I do. Um, you know Edge just went through a table. Vince McMahon looks annoyed. You know, yeah, sort of keep that. rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, yeah. So instead of like sorting them out, I went, fuck it, I'll do it. Because obviously I do a bit of, did, did, retired now, a bit of DJing as well. And so took my mate Adam along and, because uh, he was the one who answered the phone. We got there and it was, uh, it was at the Life Centre. Yeah. Which is right beside Think Tank, funnily enough. And they had it in their corporate meeting thing. And um, basically I was, there was a, a DJ set up couple of big screens 
and I just had to do the announcement to play the metal, you know what I mean? And and there was classic wrestling on in the background. But I had to sign this contract, which I still have, where you forth it was good money, obviously, but you forfeited your money if you called them wrestlers. Amazing. They had a superstars, man. Yeah. If you called them wrestlers, you don't get paid. <laughs> That's and, amazing. <laughs> and I just remember, like, it was just so surreal. And I had all these, like, people who paid top dollar to, to get good suits. It's insurrection, whichever one was at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. And they paid all this top dollar, and they're all trying to get photos with me. And I'm thinking, I'm just some. I'm the fucking bloke from down the road, but okay, you think I work for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was fine, and we had a free bar, but I didn't go crazy because I had to, we like, introduced Rob Van Dam and stuff, you know? Rob so, Van Dam. So, the one. Yep. I was wearing a bright orange Taz top at the time. Excellent. <laughs> but I just remembered I was fine with the whole thing, and then it all got really, like, surreal where some little American guy came running up and goes, don't announce Kane coming out. It's Everything's been delayed. Stephanie has called a meeting. And I just went, oh, shit, he's talking about Stephanie McMahon. And I thought, oh, God, this is all very real. It is real. And it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But I had a great day. And then they asked me if I would be interested in doing any more. But it was definitely one of them sort of do it once. One and done. Up. Yeah. So, like, obviously being a wrestler, like you, I'm a big Golden Age wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. I went round and obviously had my contract and I went round and stole the signage and all that, you know. I've still got it all. Excellent. Well, I remember the first time I went to your house and you showed me your old wrestling figures and told me how it's like my retirement fund. It happened that way. Once you have children, they've all gone. Goddamn kids, man. All sold. She's a ballet at the moment, but... The, a lot of the a lot of the, the fun stuff had to go for room, but you know, like the Ultimate Warrior jacket had to go. Oh. Also, sticking with wrestling for a second, didn't you have the Honky Tonk Man at your place once? Oh, that was amazing! So we used to do. There used to be lots of indie shows at, in Newcastle. We had D'Lo Brown come in one day, but I knew the promoter, a guy called Hoagie. Yeah, and so we'd bring the wrestlers in during the day, and we'd sort a bit of food because he was a wrestling fan. And one day, like, D-Lo came in and he was telling some great stories about, you know, all the wrestlers and all yeah. that. He's a really nice guy. And then a different event a few months later, he said, oh, the Honky Tonk Man's coming in. I was like, fuck off. <laughs> sure enough, Honky Tonk Man turns up and he's wearing, like, a, a matching shell suit. I think it was, like, a brown velour sort of vibe. I can and see that now in my mind's eye. Yeah. And he, he had the big Honky Tonk Man hair, but with a massive fucking mullet at the back. God and he just he just stood at the top, like near to where the pool tables were, having a few beers. And you could see people occasionally looking, thinking, guy looks like the honky tonk man. <laughs> didn't bother talking to him. And then they stayed for an hour. And the best bit was when they left. And so I let them out the back door because it was really busy. And as they went to leave, I was like, all right, yeah, good to meet you. You know, have a good show and all that. And he went, the honky tonk man had a very good time. And he spoke about himself in the third person, and I went, oh, that's it. It's great. I mean, <laughs> so, all heroes do talk about themselves in the third, and the Honky Tonk Man is that a hero, man. You know, he was one of the first matches I ever saw was him and Ultimate Warrior, SummerSlam 88. It's a squash match, isn't it? Yeah, but Jesus, longest running Intercontinental Champion, yeah, was, losing yeah. a squash match to Warrior. What a hero, dude. What a hero. But honestly, just when he spoke in, in the Honky Tonk Man voice and referred to himself in the third person, I was like, I just want to go home now. Yeah. Just, I'm, I'm a happy man. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Honky Tonk Man had a very good time. Honky Tonk Man had a very good time. Oh, what a dude. What a dude. So, um, 
I'm just sticking with uh, you and venues at the moment. I want to know yeah. uh, top five nicest dudes in bands you've had through the door. Oh, top five. Well, obviously, Mr. Joe Tilson is number one. Of random hand fame, of course, yeah. Always be, always be number one. He's just a sweetheart. In fact, all them guys are. Yeah. Oh, top five nicest guys. Tell you a good story is we had idols at Tank round about the time of Brutalism, just before they got massive. Yeah. So they only played to about 150 people, if that. And I remember, and you, you'll know yourself when you work with bands every day, you remember the nice stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember afterwards, after the show, I went to the dressing room to clean it up, and it was spotless. And I was I was talking to them, and I was like, what's the crack? And they were like, oh, when my day job is I look after venues, so I make sure I, I clean all the dressing rooms before I go, because I know what a ball is. Adorable. If all bands were like that, dude. So we have to say, yeah, idols were definitely up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's tough, isn't it? When it you, is. The problem is, I don't know about you, but when you end up doing like thousands and thousands of gigs, until somebody reminds you sometimes, it just goes... Uh, okay, like, I can usually it? remember what I've got on this week. Well, we'll flip it the other way. Biggest shitheads you've dealt with. Biggest shitheads. Madball. Yeah. <laughs> I had, a lovely time. I had a lovely time with Madball, but I was really over polite because Ed Burning warned me, make sure you've got their money for you or they'll kill you. I was like, right? Well, it, was, it wasn't the rest of them. Obviously, Mackie and all that were great. Mm-hmm. It was Freddie, I'm from the streets, Madball, I had an issue with. Right. So, he was going on, he made a big speech. This, this is from the old venue, so this Australians made a big speech about being from the streets and all this. Mm. And um he kept breaking microphone leads and the guys just kept replacing them. Do you know when that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think he did it twice. And then the third time he had a bit of a hissy fit, took the mic stand and started smashing up the microphones with the mic stand and then stormed off stage onto his luxury tour bus. But he's from the streets, man. He's from, from the streets. The streets. <laughs> They're over well, the rest of the band those going, buses. <laughs> the rest of the band are <laughs> eventually just stopped after that song. Yeah. And then... I think he came back after 20 minutes. He must have, like, you know, a little bit quiet time. Yeah. <laughs> Got to <laughs> calm down a little touch. <laughs> and then he came back and finished the set. And I was just like, oh, what a knob. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always think Madball. And the, the thing is, it's annoying because I was a big Madball fan. Because, like, you, like, like all the old hardcore, I've been trying to do them like Pokemon and yeah. book them up. I was trying to do that, man. I really want sick of it all really badly because I've never I, had I've them. I've done them a few times. Yeah. They, they, are, they would be in the nice guy category. They are the nicest men. Yeah. All they want to do is watch... I remember one time they just wanted to watch the UFC. and Of course they do. And find Pete the gym. And apart from that, they're just they're golden. They're really good guys. Wicked, man. Worst, it, definitely mad, Paul. Yeah, that's good. I didn't expect Mad Boy, you see. Normally, I find it's like going to be some indie bands or Doyle. I've got a couple of them as well. But you, just, you know, you have to be careful what you say. But I'll just say, I'll do say you, two words. Do you have to yeah. be careful? Can we yeah. not just tell people, say it as it Alice. is? Sorry? Wolf Alice. Were they the jerks? Yeah, I did them a few times. They were just... I can't, I can't go into too much detail for libel. But, uh, you can text it, yeah. man. I want to hear yeah. the stories. Yeah, and then I'll tell everyone down. on the podcast next time. Yeah, they were very nice. So. Dicks, dicks. Yeah. But what are you looking forward to? What you got coming up? It's funny at the moment because 
we took longer to come back from um, COVID than everybody else because we had a few promoter issues which are now sorted and yeah. this and that going on. Like, for me, it's kind of like, this sounds really miserable and it's not. At the moment, I'm just happy that things are on because we're just building it up. So It's true. I'm finding that this year it's just stacking up. Like last year, it seemed a bit like a, a lot of agents were just trying to catch up and get some money back in the pocket and taking on too many bands and it was all getting lost a bit. But this year, it seems to be coming back properly and it's yeah. good, it's good well, to see. Yeah, we, it's starting to jump up for the like sort of quarter two onwards, quarter three, isn't it? You've yeah. got like, obviously, you've got all their bands wanting to come over festival season. I don't understand that if you're playing a lot of festivals, they're not going to come and see you because they're at the festival. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, when I get offered uh, loads of punk bands around a re- rebellion time while yeah. rebellion's on, I'm like going, it's not going to work, pal. I mean, I, I, yeah, every, I, everybody's going there. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I had DRI and MDC in the same week and both yeah. of them played to about 20 people. Yeah. And You're it, doing HR, aren't you? Sorry? You're doing HR this time, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's uh, end of July. I did him last time and he's he's lovely. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, him and his wife were really, really quite nice. And obviously I'm a big fan. And he was he really didn't even kick off when I just came in with like ten records and a pen. Oh really? That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I got I got a few albums about signed by him. He's a very nice guy. He's obviously had his, his issues with his health and that, but yeah. he was just a sweet guy and he hung around for photos with people at the end and it was it was a good show, you know. No, that's he was good. another one to tick off because obviously bad brains, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was the same with uh, when I, when we had Marky Ramon. And I'm such yeah, a Ramones fan. Yeah, such a Ramones fan. And um, what a set. And like, um, Pet Cemetery is one of my favourite songs ever. And when that was yeah. playing, uh, Carl Smith, him and a few others came behind me and lifted me up and threw me on top of the crowd. So I'm crowd surfing, which I never do because, you know, I take my job serious. But uh, afterwards, I was sorting him out in the dressing room. <laughs> yeah, well, paid him. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I never do this, but... Could you sign uh, the timesheet for today? Because I want it in my collection. He was like, going, yeah. "Yeah, sure." They just went, "Hey, you're the guy who was on the crowd." I was like, "Yeah, that was me." So, Marky Ramon knows who the fuck I am, pal. Just saying. I think that was one of them shows where we compared notes. I think I told you, or you told me, that they were really quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it would have been on the way to me or on the way to you. <laughs> so remember, bands, we do talk. Yeah, we, we do talk. But yeah, this is where things are going to change, Steve, because we've talked a bit about music, but we know why we're both here. We're here to talk about the supernatural. We're here to talk about ghosts. Now, Steve, you're into the paranormal, but I ask this everybody. Do you believe in ghosts? 100%. Thank you, because you're the first guest I've had who has said 100% I believe, and it's good to hear. And why do you believe 100%? Well, because I've had lots of strange things happen, and there's tons of evidence out there, and there's more and more all the time. The only reason people haven't said 100% is because they're trying to be cool. I'm looking at you, Carl Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goes on to tell me ghost stories, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'll listen to that. Yeah. Once he's... he wants his cake and eat at that boy. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. But tell me a ghost. Tell me something you've, that you've had happen to you, that you've seen. Oh, well, the thing is, right, do you remember I, I told you that ages ago, like we, where I work at Think Tank is part of Digital. Yeah. Big super club in Newcastle, over 2,000 capacity. It's on three levels. 
Yep. Now we're in a place called Times Square, which was pop beside the Life Center, which is like a big museum, but there's biomedicine labs, a bit like Resident Evil. Yep. And stuff all around. <laughs> it, it really is that vibe. One day that something will happen. But um, before the, the nightclub and the museum and all that were there, before that, a couple of hundred years before that, it was like grazing grounds, which is why there's still a listed building in the middle with like the cattle keepers building. Yeah. But, but if you go 200 years before that, it was the plague pits after the bubonic plague. So I did had a look into it. 1636, the the plague ripped through Newcastle. The funny thing is, though, on the notes, it said it came by in all shields. I don't know how they know that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it still is. <laughs> but they used to, uh, if people had it, they used to nail them. It, if you want, just say you got it and everybody else in the house was fine, they'd nail you in with everybody because they didn't want it spreading. So they'd literally just condemn people. And the records for Newcastle, there was three pits in Newcastle and there was over five and a half thousand plague pit burials. Holy shit. One of the pits was where I work, which is uh, loads of fun, which makes a lot of sense because we have so many things happening at work. Yeah. Like, it's where do you start there's that much. I remember I've been there 10 years now. The first day I got there, one of the guys said, oh, this, do you know, you've been in there, obviously you've played. What we use as dressing rooms, one of the big rooms at the top. Yeah. It was like, the guy you're, whose job you're replacing, he wouldn't go in there and knock everything off at night by himself. And I'm like, okay, because the lights, like most bars and that, the lights are like out the way behind the bars on the walls. And he was knocking it off one, one night and felt something. And when he went back out, because it's pitch black dark, he had a big scratch on his arm. And I, so he would never lock it up after that. Now I've been in there painting that room before, and I've, I've might still have the CCTV. And I'm painting away because the great, the great thing is there's 36 cameras in that building. It's, it's very well. Covered. Yeah. I was painting away, and, and do you know when you get a little tap on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, hello, you know what I mean? And on the camera, sure enough, you see me do that. But the creepiest one, there's two actually, but the the first creepy one was about five years, six years ago. So it used to be a running joke in our in the club because it's so big, it's over three levels. Yeah. So the running joke was, oh, there's always workmen in doing something. You know, like, and it's true, one day you'd come in and there's, there's a wall missing and build an yeah. extra set of toilets. It's that sort of vibe. Yeah. And But I remember I came in one day through the side door and as I was coming in, there was two people walking up the stairs. So I sidestepped them because I literally was on top of them said sorry and I walked to the office and I went to speak to the then manager and I said to her, I said, oh, what are you doing now? And she's like, who? And I went, I just passed two people out, presumably we were getting some more work done and she's like, there's nobody here but me. So we went and looked on the, on the camera and you literally see me come in, sidestep nothing and then walk down the stairs. Fuck off. God's honest truth. The same... And around about the same time, the, the manager I was talking about, she doesn't work there anymore. She would be in the office at like five in the morning, six in the morning. It's a nightclub. Yeah. And there would be like knocks, like on the door outside, and she'd go, and there would be nobody there, and the whole place is locked up. Why do they always fucking knock, man? Why do they love knocking? I hate that. How much scripture yourself? He's oh no, don't <laughs> don't. No, he's like yeah. I've told you in the past, like it. Ah, uh, I was Jeffrey the Ghost. 
Bastard, he's always a knocker. Uh, last night, though, I was in bed and I was just like, dogs asleep next to me, I'm having a lovely time. And then uh, I heard the biggest bang from out in the corridor. And like, I was just like, oh shit. I was like watching Shudder on the TV in bed. Going, so I paused it, really cold. I was like, Bear didn't wake up because he's deaf as fuck. And I was just like, I should go see what that is. Yeah. So I didn't. Yeah, I thought, what I'll do is I'll just turn the TV off and see if I can go to sleep. And then when it's morning, I'll go have a look then. And I had a look to exactly where it was because it was clear as day outside the bedroom door. Yeah. Nothing there, man. Yeah, There's not- kind of view, like, not things. It's crazy. And then we've got three... There's three fireballs on the top of the stairs and they're all in a row. It's such a big building you have to have lots of fireballs. Yeah, yeah. And there's... Well, you've been in, but just obviously for anybody who hasn't, there's no windows. It's, it's basically a massive metal box mm. that holds 2,000 people over three levels. And on the cameras again, the fireballs, there's no windows, so nothing can open, just opening from the inside out. Just, there's nobody there, you can see the, the, the fireballs just opening up. It's something about fucking music venues, man. Music venues are always full of heebie-jeebies. <laughs> it's just like... It brings me to the other one, which was what I sent you the video of. Freaky-ass video. Yeah. Yeah. Which was... Like, I'll, feel free to link it if you want. Yeah. So it's, it, it involves my original director, but he's a good guy and he's totally cool, but you want to put it up. Yeah. But it's basically because he's a original director, he works out of different venues and goes around. Of course. And you've seen the video, it's working from our office in the club, and he's sitting on the camera, good shot, and he's just working on his computer. And on the back wall, there's lots of filing, and I've, I've sent you a photo of the, the whole setup. Yeah. It's a, it's a brick wall against it. And out of nowhere, just sitting there, I'm in the building, but I haven't stopped, and I'm miles away. And he's just minding his own business in a huge, heavy toolbox, which is full as well, like, it couldn't just move. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, these things don't move, and the club's bouncing, and you've got, like, obviously, a huge sound system. Yeah. Things don't vibrate up or anything. And... The clip is just during the day, and the toolbox it jumps forward slightly, has a little thing, and then throws itself off off onto a table. Not seeing any shit himself. Well, yeah, I remember you showed me that video, and yeah, it freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> because I sent you a photo of the wall as well. It's on a, it's literally against a brick wall. Yeah. There's no reason why it would fall. It's flat. It's heavy against the brick wall. There's no windows. There's no vibrations or anything. And it's just creepy how it moves forward slightly. Yeah. Has a little thing. And then throws itself off. So when I came back from Captain Stock, he was like, that's just fell up there. And we watched the footage and that's when I filmed it. And we were already talking about those things with your barstool nonsense. Ah, what a great video that is. Yeah, when they're playing up the bastards. <laughs> when I sent you that, it was like, oh. The, the worst thing about that, though, is we've got a lovely handyman called Gray. And he's very much in these natural and spookiness. Mm-hmm. Don't get them started on the Egyptians. And, uh, right. Now, now, for about two weeks after that video, because he was around at the time, he used to walk around with his flashlight on permanently. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, it's, it's like, I keep getting told off by Tommy at the parish for leaving all the dressing room lights on uh, at the end of the night. But what else am I going to do? It's an old courthouse, man. It's full of ghosts. 
gives it to me to turn the lights off and walk out in the dark and get attacked by the ghosts of criminals past. Fuck off. Like you said, we've watched a lot of horror movies. Hmm? I think it's only fair. Either that or like have me killed by some ghost. No, I don't like them as well because you know I'll be there and just this little spotlight and it'll turn around and then someone will just suddenly walk past, disappear into the darkness. Bullshit, mate. Makes sense. Um, yeah, exactly. We we've seen what happens with like we need full lights on at all times. Big light on all the time. All the time. It's the only way, man. It's the only way. Like yeah, we've been saying to um you guess since I've started doing this, I've got more and more people just getting hold of me telling me like ghost stories. And like most of them say, Oh, don't say my name, but I've got a ghost experience. And it is why do you think people are so scared to admit that ghosts aren't real? It's because it's like everything. It's like UFOs and cryptids and all that. People are just worried about being mocked. I believe in them all, mate. But because I'm not bothered about that sort of shit, I totally believe in them all. Black-eyed children. Sorry. Black-eyed children. Oh yeah, they're, they're creepy. Aren't they? Yeah. And obviously, you can't tell me big Bigfoot's not real. He's a hundred percent real. The room he's got, and obviously the amount of footage now. It's crazy now though when you watch. There's, there's so many good shows now. I watch one on YouTube called Slap Ham. I watch Slap Ham, yep. Yeah. Slap Ham. <laughs> Slap Ham, yeah. But they, they get some great stuff, but because there's so many cameras now with ring doorbells, and yep. more and more stuff to show them. Do you watch Nuke's Top 5? Nope. That is by far the best thing you can watch on YouTube for ghosts. It. Nukes top five. Um, basically, um, it beats the shit out of Slapped Ham from a great height. Really? Yeah, it's it's by far number one. It's incredible. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's just incredible, man. But uh, each week on the on the podcast, I've been showing uh, everyone. Well, you've probably heard if you've listened uh, this photo that my friend took in a haunted hotel. Well, I see a photo. He was in a haunted hotel somewhere in America. Uh, on a chat to his missus. And like going, ooh, there's ghosts in this place, there's ghosts in this place. And he, he didn't believe in ghosts. And she's like, he's like, ha, ha, ha. And then she was like going, did you, you've picked some up there and sent him a picture back. And now he believes in ghosts. So I've been showing every guest every single week this goddamn photo. And uh, I don't want the people at home to see just yet because I'm going to wait till the end of the season. But I'm going to text it you now. Have a look. Have a look at this fucking photo. Zoom in behind him. Oh, hello. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cheeky face and then, you know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Don't like that picture. It's like one of those things. It's like when you when you, yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the dress that they're wearing and everything. It's just like going, yeah, that's real. That is real. But it's like I find though, why do you think people have such a love for all things ghosts? Why do you think they get so excited when you're talking about them? Well, I think that people want answers, don't they? It's going to be pretty dull if either we just this is it. Nobody has any answers. And then you just die, and that's it. And then it's also going to be equally as shit if we're like some sort of matrix. 
Yeah, he was just plugged in. Simulation. <laughs> People just want to know what's going on, don't they? No, big time. They're always going to be looking for answers. Look at Indiana Jones. He wanted answers. Mm, and he saw ghosts. He saw everything. Yeah. Are you excited about the new Indiana Jones? You know, it's one of them, isn't it? It's like the last one was so bad. I think this one's going to do it. I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be somewhat special. The annoying thing for us, though, he was in Newcastle filming that, and then loads of people not from Newcastle got wind, and we're just harassing the poor man everywhere. He's eighty. Leave him be. He's going to be a ghost soon. Autographs on the beaches. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't understand. He's given us enough, that man. He's going to be a ghost himself soon. Well, I haven't saw that 1923 yet. No, right, no. See, I really like Yellowstone. I love a good cowboy thing. Getting off topic slightly there, but you know. It's all right, because cowboys are also ghosts now, so he's kind of on topic. (laughs) Um, You know, oh, shit. Uh, You know, you see there when you're walking up up the steps and these ghosts passed you. Were they like clear as day, or did anything seem off? It's just one of them, you know, when you know people are there, but you're like sort of. You know, people are walking up. Yeah. You know, if you walk past somebody and you wouldn't really acknowledge them. Yeah. It was a, just a couple of people, and I just walked in because I nearly bumped into them, which is why I just reacted and stepped and kept going because they were going where I'd been, so they were, looked like they were heading out. So I didn't really think anything of it. You know what I mean? Just sort of did that and then on my way. Creepy shit. I looked at the footage and saw me moving to avoid them and thought, yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I had one in town uh, once where I was walking uh, uh, just through town, busy day, and a woman was walking down. You know where something's just not right? And I felt completely sick to my stomach. And I, I was looking at this woman and... It sounds weird, but she seemed kind of green. And there was somewhat different about her. She was, her face was really shiny. She looked to be dressed in a very strange way. And just how she was walking, how she was looking, there was somewhat not right. And the way it made me feel in my stomach, I was like, I think that I just saw a ghost in the middle of the day, just just walking past. And yeah, fuck that shit. I had something weird happen the other week. You might have seen I put some up about it. Because I was, at, uh, I was in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, our, like you know yourself, you work in this industry. Your Christmas party is January or February. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm at our Christmas party in Manchester, and we're all staying over, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was, we were in a hotel, just a, I think it was a motel one in, in the Royal Exchange. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm human up to 50, so I'm not a big person to stay out now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I stay for a couple of drinks, and then I'll leave. Nothing crazy, just go back to the hotel. I'm just happy I'm in Manchester and go record shopping the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One second. So before I was attacked by a spirit, <laughs> I, I was going to like come back on and just be topless for you and have, have the nips out and shit. <laughs> you know, I'll just send you some more photos, it's all right. So you were saying, Manchester. Yeah, so I'm in Manchester. I've left the staff party early. We're staying just at a standard motel one, Royal Exchange. We only had a couple of beers during the day on the coach down, as you do. Yep. And uh, when I got there, I literally only had a couple of give my drinks vouchers away. I wasn't really bothered, you know. I was there for the, the record shop on the next day. And uh, so 
got back to the room, no problems. Just couldn't settle, but then literally went to sleep and every hour I'd wake up. So 12, 12, sorry, 11.30 woke up, 12.30 woke up, 1.30 woke up. It was just really strange. 2.30 woke up, 3.30 I woke up and I couldn't move. The witch hour. Yeah, literally, I, I never sleep on my back. Mm-hmm. I, I sleep. I sleep on a very thin, crisp bit of bed because that's all I'm given by my dear missus. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I'm used to making do with what I've got. So yeah. in these big beds, I would have been sprawled out, but I was on my back and I just could not move. I was conscious and I felt like something was, you know, like I was either being pinned by the ultimate warrior or you know something was sitting on us and it was really weird and it lasted couple of minutes and I was conscious the whole time like I say no drink no drugs nothing crazy and then it passed and I switched the light on went to the bathroom and that and then I, I left one of the side lights on went back to sleep still woke up the following hour and then it stopped and I, I went to sleep till about 8am never happened before never had any sort of sleep paralysis or anything and it was just so strange how it sort of joined with the waking up every hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, just could not move. It's it like, yeah, we had a lot of people on talking about like like the sleep paralysis demon and how everybody seems to get this same sort of thing, the same, like the sitting and uh, some people see this, this black mass come in the room or hearing, the, like they can hear the footsteps walking and shit like that. And have you seen that documentary about sleep paralysis? Yeah, many, it was a few years ago, but I've definitely seen it. Yeah. And it's creepy. It's like watching that. It's like you've got to believe like with things like sleep paralysis and everyone getting the same sort of thing that this, like that being pinned down or seeing the, the exact same thing. And it's there's some fucking dodge about it, isn't there? Like I said, it's never happened before in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. I've never had any issues. Yeah, I might not sleep loads, but I've never had anything like that. Yeah. And the fact that, and normally if I'm asleep, you're not waking me up. Are you one of them? Yeah. Like, literally, the, my daughter could be shouting in the other room and I'd have to get nudged to wake up. I'm just, if I'm asleep, I'm asleep. And I literally woke up the same time every hour and then at 3.30, I just could not move. And for some reason, I was on my back, which I'd always sleep on my side. And I was just, like, conscious of everything and thought, this is just really weird. Also, it's like the time you're saying as well, 3.30, that's the time that a lot of... You- it says like on these things, it always seems to be like three thirty, three thirty, and then when you look back at a lot of like ghostly things and shit like that, it's seen as three thirty is the witching hour, and you know there's got to be some of there, man. There's got to be something with all that. Well, it's not just ghosts. It's it's like cryptids. It's UFOs. You have to be incredibly naive if you think that the only thing that's happening in the universe is us. Yeah, yeah, completely. Us with our dancing mask dancer and strictly and all this sort of shit i'm sure there's a lot more things going on than the nonsense that happens around here oh yeah dude well you know america have been shooting all these things down this last week these ufos yeah it was a bit mad wasn't it yeah yeah and like it's a balloon that moves like nothing in the universe yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like the fact that was they had two then did canada have one as well yeah uh, where else was it? There, was there was another one like um, Israel or something uh, over some yeah. some other country. Uh, they've had one as well. 
And uh, I, I don't believe this. it's a spy thing because, let's be honest, you just use satellites if you want to spy on people. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Incredibly it's 2023, you know, this, Elon Musk sent a car to space. <laughs> Elon Musk sent a car to space for a laugh. Yeah. You know, so people are going to just send a big balloon. <laughs> yeah. It's like what they said about Roswell, wasn't it? A weather balloon. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's 2023. People aren't using balloons. They use the satellites and obviously all that sort of shit. So, yeah, it's just a bit weird. I hope we don't get one, though, because, you know, useless bastards we've got to probably fucking... What'll happen, what'll happen if we get one is the price of everything will go up and then um, Farage will say it's the foreigners invading. Pretty much, yeah. you know. And then, yeah, the Sun and Mail will go crazy, and yeah, and then and then the Tories will get back in. That's what'll happen. It can't. It can't happen. I know we're, we're moving on to politics, but come on, come on now. <laughs> you see, uh, last when we played up at Think Tank with Jaya, and that was the night that it was the uh, election, and it was Boris Johnson against Corbyn, and it's a yeah. time where. I truly believed this was it. Things are going to change, and then it was a landslide to the. It was like that was it. There was a hope in the air. There was. It, that we were all incredibly naive. It is. It's because because of who we're all mates with each other. We've all got similar beliefs, and we we don't realise. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All I need to do is talk to my dad and realise a lot of people are fucking idiots. That was a very quiet yeah. drive back home that night. It's it's the it's the boomers you see yeah. that you've got to worry about because they're all angry because they don't get the respect of the older ones because they all fought like in in wars and shit. Yeah. Boomers fuck <laughs> all apart from just be angry. Well, <laughs> like black people. But the, <laughs> but the thing is that with boomers, you see, they'll be uh, shuffled off to mortal coil soon and stuff. Just think of yeah. the other wanker ghosts that we're going to have to oh, deal with. It's going to be awful. We're going to get a lot of right-wing ghosts it's just shouting at us. Or, or really old grumpy people in tea rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Like that. You're not an original Metallica fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but before we come to the end of this, you know, we've got questions. Carl was the first one to bring it up when he brought it up with me, and now I'm going to pass this question on to you. <laughs> Steve Jones. Yeah. Would you fuck a ghost? Depends. Is it counted as, as, as being unfaithful? Because my my missus would absolutely just beat the shit out of me. So You see, I think it does count as cheating. In that case, no. Okay. Let's say you're a single man. You haven't met your missus yet. You're in the past. You're young Stevie Jones of Newcastle. Play in the field, you're out one night, you get home, ghost walks in and goes, Wait, hey, Steve, where's your photocopier? Fancy a bang? <laughs> Very good. Um, don't know. Yeah, fuck it, why not? You know what I mean? I'll, I'll have slept with words. <laughs> <laughs> there you see. Well, uh, before we shift off, uh, any ghost stories you haven't told? Um, to be honest, there's, there's lots. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it for volume two because yeah. we'll have to, what we'll have to do is we'll have to get into some cryptid chat as well. <sighs> happily. Expanded. I'll happily talk about cryptids all day long. All you know, day. You know, uh, what are they called? Uh, skinwalkers. Oh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Jesus Christ. That shit. 
I've, like, I've tried to watch that show, but it just seems to be them in their equipment breaking all the time. I know <laughs> what that's like, man. Geeks and Golf <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> I really, I need to get myself down to your gaff because I really want to have a look at the new parish with its, its haunted goodness. So. Well, if you're free, we've got Handfest coming up or Zeke's coming up. You know, there's a lot of yeah, good shit. Yeah, you've got some, some bangers. Yeah, you have to come down, stay at mine. We'll go out. We'll do some ghost hunting. That sounds great to me. And drink some whiskey. Oh, that, that, that definitely sounds good. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, let's do this again. We'll talk about more ghosts. And yeah. it's good to see your face. It's good to hear your voice. It's been far yeah. too long. It's been too long with this bloody COVID nonsense, hasn't yeah. it? So. I mean, now you're in. to get there, my friend, though. Yeah, well, we shall meet up again very soon, dude. And thank you for joining us on episode five of Gigs and Ghosts. It's been my pleasure. Uh, thank you, everyone else, for listening and joining us. It's always a pleasure. It's never a chore. Join us next time. Uh, on the next one, our guest will be Ben Carter, drummer for Evil. So, yeah, we'll get as much on there. But, yeah, once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Steve. I shall catch you soon, buddy. Mm-hmm.